Hey folks, how you doing? Welcome to the uh, Game Over podcast, uh, co-animated by uh, myself, uh, Max Martin. Judistic, uh, well, I've decided that my name in English would be cut off from Maxim to Max. Find it cooler with my uh, with my good with my best friend, my best baseball friend, Eric Gags Gagne, who's, uh, who's obviously co-hosting with us with me. Um, and uh, I just want to address it first because I have to address it because it makes me laugh. We. Uh, Most of the comments we have about the English podcast is, how come two French guys uh, do a podcast in English? Well, first of all, there's a French version of it earlier on. We're live at uh, 8.30. Uh, whenever we do the podcast, we do both uh, simultaneously. The first one's in French, and the second one uh, is live in English. So just stop fucking... Just, you know, there's two versions. So we speak yeah. English once in a we while. Suck in, we suck in boat language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good South Beach. That's what I mean, you know, for a guy who's a closer, that's what actually you're doing right now, man. You're, <laughs> you're shutting us down the uh, the podcast. And it's funny, I said the word fuck already, which actually I'm getting ready because our There's guest today. Uh, exactly, because we're actually raising fun for a stadium in Quebec that needs a lot of it. My mom texted me. My mom's watching her podcast because, I mean, she's a mom, but she's also, my mom's a sports fan. She's a huge sports fan. And she said, uh, God, you know, you guys are getting more and more comfortable, blah, blah, blah. You know, what a mom is supposed to sit, you know, to make her feel, her son feel good, which you just crushed two seconds ago. And uh, and uh, she says, oh, yeah, by the way, would you stop swearing, please? So, <laughs> it's for a good cause. Yeah, exactly. It's for a good cause, sorry, man. Mom. So anyway, I'm sorry, mom. But yeah, what can I say? And uh, like I said, our guest today is Eric Sims. And I think uh, for the first time in my life, I've met someone who said who says the word fuck more than I do. So I think it's going to be amazing. I'll look like a nice little boy. So, Mom, you'll be happy. Uh, before we go any further, uh, we, of course, invite you to uh, join our, uh, everything that's uh, social media. Uh, here's the addresses for uh, what's, uh, what's on, on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and obviously uh, TikTok. Uh, we're live today on, uh, um, on, the, uh, on uh, the, the page, the YouTube page of uh, La Poche Bleue, and also live on my, um, on my Facebook. So uh, you can uh, watch it on both places. We're testing what the audience is and stuff, and uh, who likes us, even though we suck in both languages, as uh, Eric just uh, <laughs> so kindly put it. And uh, so how are you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Hey, you know what? I came up with a nickname, I think. I don't know if for you're going to like it. I just came up with it for you. Okay, hold on. Okay, let, 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 let's, uh, but uh, before we get to it, because when we started work, when we started working together, I was like, I was jealous of your nickname. I mean, the podcast, you know, bears your name, you know, game over. That was your nickname, you know, when you came into the ninth inning, you know. And uh, so you said, uh, hey, maybe we could call you. It could be Eminem. I said, really? That's the, that's the best you could do, Eminem? Oh and then what was the other one you, you, you tried? I forget. Uh, anyway, but so what, what are we at now? Mad Max. You said that already. That was the first meeting ever. No. Yes. No. Did you take no, your medication yeah. today? Probably not. I don't. I can't recall. <laughs> yeah, I can't recall. Trust me, because because after Eminem, he was like, "Hey, Mad Max." So now your new idea really? is to come up with something you My forgot. Gosh, that's uh, that's uh, amazing. Right. Hey, let's uh, let's get to uh, what uh, people want us to be actually be talking about. 
obviously, uh, baseball. A lot of things. I'm wearing the Milwaukee jersey today. Uh, just a little, like, you know, it'll mention the fact that the Abraham Toro, uh, you know, Montreal boy, uh, got, uh, got his first break uh, this uh, the, the, of the season by being called up um, yesterday. Made his mark right away. Uh, two for four, one home run. Um, so we're so happy for him. Uh, we talked about it on the French side, but I want to address it again in English because Actually, when Adamus uh, got injured, I thought he would be the first one to be called up. And then, to be honest, I hadn't really looked up his stats in AAA. And to my biggest surprise, he only had one home run in 43 games. I mean, by then, Toro would have had between five uh, five or seven type of thing. He's that kind of hitter. Plus, you know, he's all, he can also run out of bases and stuff. So I'm really happy for him. And uh, and like I said, you said, you know, you talked about on the French side how much, like, you know, uh, when you work hard, you know, how much it pays off. And that's exactly, we know how, how, you know, how much of a hard worker he is. But at this point, he's 26 years old. He's up because somebody's injured. You know you have a short time to impress your manager. At this point of your career, It's not just your skills. I mean, it's not between. It, it's yeah, it is. You know, Abraham taking a spot in in the lineup. But it's does. Is it also like Abraham versus Abraham? You know what I mean? Of course, it's- of course. I mean, it, like you said, you know, it's hard to go back in minor leagues. I've had to do this for three years, and really, like, it comes down to grit. Just going out there and just believing in yourself. And I think it's very hard when you go to AAA. You know, you're you know, like you said, you don't have the numbers, but I think he keeps his best. He's a major league player. He's back where he belongs. I know it's really, really kind of, you know, it's very easy to say, okay, you only had a home boy. You had one home run in the minor leagues, but it doesn't matter. When you see different pitchers in the big leagues, that's where he belongs. Travel is different and everything else. But he's a good player. Mentally, you know, we talked about it. Mentally, that's where Abraham, I think, surpasses other people he's gonna fail that's just baseball that's part of the game but i think the way he does it the way he goes about his business he's a he's a professional he's a professional hitter he's great defensively and i think where he's at in milwaukee it's a really good spot for him i think they're you know they're grinders that's what they, they yeah. love about it. they love about him and they, that's the kind of team they have craig counts is one of those guys that was not i mean he's the best 210 hitter i've ever seen in my life this guy was very clutch but the guy wasn't very skilled but he went out there Great teammate, remember with Verlander, where's Toro? That's the yeah. type of guy that he Where is. the He's fuck is Toro? That was the exact quote, man. Drink the no Another dollar. <laughs> exactly. Another dollar. <laughs> exactly. Man, I'm losing so much money on this podcast. It's amazing. But yeah, it, you know what surprises me? I mean, he came up with Houston, uh, gets traded the year after to, uh, to Seattle. Uh, which was a good trade at the time for both teams. Uh, had a really rough time there last year and gets moved again. And you know, it kind of... And we know how much of a good presence he is in a locker room. Everybody, like you said, everybody I talked to that, that that played with him, from junior, from college to like you know, it's it's one of those guys. He's, he's just he's, he's got that contagious happiness, uh, demeanor, aura. He's just you know what I mean. He can make a, a locker room lighter and stuff. So, and I'm sure sometimes it's tough to go look three teams in almost three years. Like who wants me? And you could look at it like okay, people are just trying to move me. But I think in the case of Toro. And I'm just not saying that, like you said, because we sound like two, like, you know, guys are just pulling for the homeboy. But, I mean, we know him personally. And, I, like you said, I think Milwaukee is a great fit for exactly everything you described. And you also said something earlier that I loved is the fact that when it comes, they have to have guys like Toro make an impact because when the trade the deadline is going to come, Milwaukee is going to go and get a guy whose contract is $25 million a year. You know what I mean? They're going to try to pick, to, to you know, to, to put the patches they on need- when. Exactly. They need guys. They need pitchers. They need players like this. That's the whole point of that. Like, 
you know, you want to say, okay, he's at three teams in three years, but the, the thing is there's three teams that wanted him too. Yeah. That's the big, you know, that's the glass half full. And I think the, the, the most important thing is he fits in a clubhouse. He's amazing. He's amazing hard worker. And I know him personally. So of course I'm a little biased, but he's an, he's an amazing player. He's a major league baseball player. By the time, you know, he's a, he's a, I would, I would call him a super utility. This guy is going to be fine. He's going to be fine in the big leagues as long as he keeps his mind positive. And that's long as he doesn't watch, uh, doesn't listen to all the, the stuff that says in the media. He's got great skills. He's got a great mental yeah. attitude. He's, he's going to be a winner. He's a winner. He's that's got to be tough, man. Like I, I hope I, last year, last year he had it rough, man. They just they went after him in Seattle. So hopefully, I mean now he's back up off to a good start. But um, and uh, speaking of good start, what about the Blue Jays, huh? What the hell is going on there? Really? I mean, it's <clears throat> hard. No, but I mean, when you call when you call a team meeting this early in the season, prevention, or is it? Because I'm thinking like I mean. There's no panic button yet, but you're in the toughest division in baseball. I'm not saying every game is important, but, I mean, at some point, you can be in last place at a certain date, and that date's going to come. I don't know. If we're having this yeah. discussion on July 1st, I don't think it's a good sign. Well, there's, I think it's a good sign for me that the players are calling a meeting just to show that they care, show that there's a huge high expectations. They expect to win. They expect to be on top. They're, they might not be in the first place. I don't think they're first place caliber. But they expect to win. They expect to play better as a team. And I think individually, that's kind of what they've done. I mean, they take it. They take it personally. They take it. They take basically their own. That's their fault. They're they messed up. The players are not. You know, the players are the ones losing the games, not the managers. And I think that kind of tells the city, hey, we expect to win. Players, we need to go out on the field. We need to perform better. And that's kind of what it shows. I mean, it's not really panic button. It's more of a, like a reflection. Of, hey, what do we need to do as a team, as players, as an individual? to get those wins, you know, because we talked about it a little bit in French when the offense, when sometimes like it's not much, it's just like maybe you need a day off. Maybe you have a team party, a team, whatever, just to kind of get your mind off of trying to win and just like actually just executing and just going out there and actually enjoying the game. And I think that's what they're trying. They're trying to win so much. They're trying to put pressure on themselves. I think at meeting like this show that they're, you know, even this is really, really young core of players. It really shows that they're, they want to win. They're, they're leaders. They're young leaders, but it shows really a maturity. And I think uh, as a fan, I would say, you know what? They care as much as we do. They're taking that in their own hands, and I think it's good. it's a good sign. Of course, you know, not all meetings work. There's going to be meetings where you go out and you win the next game. You're like, oh, happy, but it doesn't work the same. But I think it's really, really important to understand that these guys are young kids. They're going to go through ups and downs. It's just, the, you know, that's what baseball yeah. is, a game of failure. But they're going to be fine. I think just for them to call a meeting on their own, players only, is a good sign, I think. Yeah, plus, I mean, you know who I'm, I'm hoping is going to turn it around? And not because he's on uh, several of my uh, fantasy teams, but uh, Alec Manoa. I can't believe – I mean, you're a pitcher. I mean, you know exactly what yeah. – I mean, he's lost the plate. I mean, I mean – Yeah, I mean – Yeah, he's lost the play. He's lost confidence. Very simple. I don't think he's lost any skills. It's not like he's lost. He doesn't know how to throw strikes anymore. He maybe is in doubt a little more. He's gotten scuffed a little bit, and then he's trying to miss bats. I mean, it's it's very small differences. You're trying to miss a bat instead of trying to get a guy out. It's very different. Now you're trying to nibble a little bit, and you're if you're you know. It's crazy because when I was in Boston, I didn't change. The pitching didn't change. I just start gotten to certain certain counts, and then every time I looked up, I was 2-0. 2-0, everybody hits 350. So it's like it's just those little counts here and there, one or two pitches here and there that you have to adjust, and I think he's going to be fine as long as you just take a step back, have a team meeting, 
and really say, you know what, I can do this. We're that good. We're we can actually do this as a team, as and Manoa as an individual. He's got he's done it. I mean, he talked about he's he's a Cy Young, he's a Cy Young type guy. Exactly. I think yeah. He's gonna be fine. But is that fine. scary when you lose to play this early in your career? I mean, like, like I said, I don't want to make it like you know like terrible. I mean, but game after game, it's not getting any better, man. It's got to be. And, you know, he's got veterans around him. But like you said, the, the, yeah. the thing with the Blue Jays, they're all young veterans. I mean, who's going to be your leader on the pitching staff? Chris Bassett? He's not that old either. You know what I mean? So who's that guy yeah, that can Gossman. calm you down? You got that was Gossman guy. I got a Gossman today pitch well. Yeah. I mean, these guys are veterans. I think it's it's not so much one guy. I think there are a lot of young guys in there. So it's going to be a whole group. That's why that team meeting is so important. I think there's a whole full, it's a whole group, this whole team that has to take advantage of being young, being very, very energetic, and understand that they don't know it all. They're going to go through ups and downs and just kind of ride the waves when you're doing good. And if you're not, try to just change things. And for Manoa, I think it's more like, how do I try to get out? So am I trying just to get out? Or am I trying to miss bats? And I think it's just maybe his attitude, his confidence, and it's he's going to be fine. It's just a matter of getting the right, the right word in your head, the right frame of mind. He's going to start executing. And actually, you know what? I just thought of the question, which – This is the reason why I probably host a podcast about baseball. Sometimes, you know, things just come up into my head. I just uh, no, honestly, like you, let let's say you know you're not getting you're not getting as many strikeouts as you used to, or like you know as as last season or whatever, and you start pressing. Do you change your mindset and go? You know what? Forget the case. Case will come when they do. Can I keep the ball down to make sure that at least you know if I if I'm losing control of the plate, at least when it's on the plate. I'll get those grounders, you know, I'll get those those easy pop-ups or something, you know, is that something it's that It's called it's called the KISS system. KISS keep it simple stupid. And yeah. it's basically throw the ball over the plate and get those guys out as fast as you can. That's it. Don't try to trick him, don't try to do anything. Get ahead, put him away early. That's it. And I think, you know, it's very simple, it's very cliché, but that's really how you need to think about. Sometimes when you're trying to execute, you're trying to do too much. You're trying to, okay, I'm going to get that first pitch right. You're thinking two, three, four pitch ahead. No, keep the ball down. Make them swing the bat, make hit the ball. Please hit the ball. Make them hit the ball. And then the good things happen. Then you use your nine your eight guys behind you and somehow guys make really good plays behind you and then you know start you know start changing a little bit and your luck because it is a lot of luck a lot of it like for broken bat singles at two house should have been a third out just stuff like that that's i've done it's normal then you get down on yourself which is just one pitch it's just one pitch that he broke his bat if it was a b45 wouldn't have broke but whatever it's just stuff like that. <laughs> there as we go there's the uh, there's the plug of course you, get you also go. you also have the cup you know with the b sign and stuff and just and you know it's funny when you talk about broken bat single Whenever I hear these kind of sentences, it always makes me think of Crash Davis and Bull Durham. You know, the difference between a 250 hitter and a 300 hit is one hit a week, and that's all it is and stuff. We've never talked, we've never done that. It's the best bo- baseball movies ever. I just mentioned my favorite one, but uh, we'll get to that. Hey, I'm so excited to get uh, our, our our next guest uh, to, to start talking about their, uh, to our next guest because he's a good friend of yours. And um, why why am I you know talking so fast? Well, what's the rush? I have no idea why I'm like just rushing everything right now. Exactly. Breathe. I just realized what what what's, does your does, does your shirt say? Failed starter. Yes, sir. You, you don't feel like having a shirt that says best reliever all time type of thing. It's, it's, it's well, pretty much you and Mariano. 
I had to be a fail starter to become a good closer. So, but that was yeah, not supposed you know. to motivate you. I don't see the positive thing <laughs> about wearing a shirt that says "failed starter." Man, it's like I want to give I you a hug, a man. That's I was the like, reality. I'm sorry about those first years, Eric, but look what happened after and stuff. But uh, speaking of those three years, those three years I was trying to quit baseball. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about that one day. And but uh, I love the story about our next guest, man. And like I said, a friend of him, uh, of yours, and uh, I've been getting hooked to his videos lately. I'm kind of jealous because, like I said, uh, he got a chance to uh, face you. Uh, and when you threw at him, I think you were still in the 90s, weren't you? 91, 92? No, no, I didn't need to be in the 90s against him. He knows. I can yeah. only be, I could be 83 and still get him, you know, wow. get him out of his shoes. Of course. He you knows. know what? We'll let, talk about it. Exactly. I let's, think it's time to bring him on because from what you I just said, <laughs> it's going to start with the words fuck or motherfucker, one or the two. So uh, oh, let's yeah, go ahead and uh, play ball with Eric Sim. Oh, man, so good to have you. I'm a huge fan, man. Well, like, you, I don't know if you're getting tired of hearing that, but it's like, man, it's, it's fun to see someone just be so open, so honest, uh, to see exactly what he thinks, on whether it's a podcast, interview, and in, in everything that you do. It's like no filter. Um, man, I just want to start right off like that, man. I appreciate you for guys having me on. And by the way, Eric, I've hit a fucking tank <laughs> of you. All right. I have the fucking footage right now. You do don't where? Make me I, don't, people, I can't right? recall it. I can't recall Don't make me fucking do it. All right. I had a fucking 440 <laughs> left center. He threw the nasty change up. I sat on that bitch and hit that motherfucker fucking 440. Oh, that's because right? I did this before because I told you. Yeah, I know. Coming. You did tell me. You didn't tell me. <laughs> uh, but thanks for having me on, guys. I mean, fucking, I mean, it's, it's a fucking Eric Ghani, man. Eric motherfucking Ghani, the legend. He's like, hop on i'm like bet let's fucking do it that's what we're doing thanks for having me on excited oh, to be man, on it's, here man, no, it's honestly good. look i feel like so, you just described that you know exactly how i felt when the first time you talked to me about hosting a podcast and that's what i like about this business you know guys and people you admire you actually get a chance to actually you know be beside him and actually just you know hang out and just uh, I'm, sometimes i feel like a 12 year old boy whenever i get a chance last week we had our friend russell martin i know russell but Man, listening to him talk to baseball was just like poetry and stuff. And uh, Dude, this is crazy. Like, we're talking to Eric fucking Gagne. We watched him on TV, like, back in the day when he's facing fucking the greatest hitter of all time, Barry Bonds. Hit to give him a nuke. It's just fine, whatever. The greatest at bat of all time, that's okay. But, like, you know, like... Uh, he, like don't get him like, going on that because, I mean, <laughs> is it still the best ba at bat of all time? Because, I mean, that's something... Dude, whenever I talk bro, to Dude, like, I'm in baseball. I know a lot of people in baseball that are in working in pro ball and all this bullshit... When I tell people the greatest at bat of all time in, in MLB history will be fucking Gagne facing Barry Bonds. Eric was throwing fucking 100 with nasty shit and fucking Barry Bonds just like put together this greatest bat of all time. Hit a fucking nuke. It's crazy and it's, it's amazing. It's still the best fucking... 15 minutes or 10 minutes of, of all of MLB. It's on fucking There was close. no pitching club back then, so it was like more like 25 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that I think that's closest to now will be like Mike Trout facing Shohei Otani in a World Baseball Classic. Well, that was obviously iconic as fuck, but... No, it was. Honestly, it was a WBC, you know, so... But, jeez, uh, honestly, if I had to vote... I don't know. Your own teammate... Striking you out when you consider two that's, of the best players, if not the two best players in I the mean, game. That, man. You can't screw. That's that's why I love baseball. I'm sure Eric, you can attest to this as well. It's such a crazy fucking sport, man. Who could possibly, you know, like make that screw? You can't even script that. You can baseball. You can't script it. The fact that Shohei Otani for for Team Japan 
was the closer, which like he doesn't close, but like it just happened to be because it's the last game of the fucking tournament. And the fact that Mike Trout was up as the last hitter was yeah. run, run down. Like it's just like the and that's why I think baseball's so beautiful because like for example, like Ghani facing Barry Bonds in that situation is just like it's just fucking crazy. And that's why I fucking love baseball. Baseball's the best. If you don't think it's fucking the best, fuck you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that love you're on because I don't know if you I saw the it. intro, but my mom gave me crap because I was swearing in French. You make community look <laughs> so good right now. Good, I you love know? it. Get over it. Hey, if she loves you, she'll get over it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she'll be fine. She probably comes more than us and not fucking off the camera. You know? Exactly. No, no, I'm testing you. Know, I'm testing your love right now. But uh, when uh, you know, it's funny because I mean, when you guys faced each other, I, that, the first video I saw you was the one that Eric sent me. That's what that's when I discovered you. Yeah. And uh, I was supposed to face him in spring training in Arizona. He bailed out on me. Shit, but, did uh, he duck you? He likes to duck lately, no, man. That's I, fucked I, up, I, Eric. No, actually, we didn't my, get we didn't get around to it. I played. I played my first game. I, I was not bad for a 53, uh, 53 year old man. I was like playing against the. Uh, it was a training camp for uh, the Quebec kids between the age of sixteen and eighteen, and uh, and they put me in a game. And the first time I'd been like I played like you know softball type of thing, you know. But the first time I'd actually get in at bat since I was twenty years old. So I was like you know. Okay. 33, and they walked me. How embarrassing is that, man? Fucking soft. These motherfuckers <laughs> are purpose. too soft. Yeah, Eric knows like, what he's saying. They're fucking soft. Damn, man, whenever I face these fucking ABC kids or whatever, they just fucking <laughs> first pitch. They see all my content. They follow me and shit. So first pitch, slider. Second pitch, slider. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Throw a fucking fastball. You know, it's crazy. The world, no, the world knows you can't hit a slider. That's true. Knows. That's a good point. That's, that's not wrong, but it's just... But I'm going to ask the question that, you know, you probably heard a thousand times again, once again, but I'm, I'm very curious because, I mean, we know, you know, basically the, 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 what's fun about social media when you can actually master it and do it at your own image is like, you know, whenever we watch Eric Sim, we get the real Eric Sim, something you couldn't do if you would be like on the MLB network or any other, right. you know. But when you started doing all these videos, was the idea just to go like, you know, you'd stop playing prof uh, professional ball? And then, by the way, you played in Winnipeg where I lived. You played for the Red Hawks, did. didn't Fuck you? yeah, man. Winnipeg Gold Eyes, baby. What's the Gold, gold Eyes? That's right. Gold yeah. Eye. Let's fucking go. Was it cool? How was it? Dude, I, I actually had a great time in Winnipeg, man. I was only there for like two months. But, uh, dude, Winnipeg, I, I didn't know what to expect because um, I, I literally just signed there like last minute. I drove from fucking Vancouver, which was like a fucking 35-hour drive. Yeah. I mean, at the time, though, I didn't have money to like, you know, like take the flight or whatever because when you drive instead of flying – They'll give you like uh, like a like because if they didn't give you a flight, they have to buy the plane ticket for you. So that's all you get. But if it's like a drive, they can kind of like guesstimate how much you can make, so like you can make slightly more money for getting really? driving out there, you know. And also you gotta have a car there, right? So I drove out there, man. Funny story though, I was driving. I drove that thirty whatever thirty four hours in two days. Okay. Two days. And I just went fucking full sand, driving like 15, 16 hours a day, and and like I was driving late. And super late, like four in the morning. I am fucking tired as dick. And there's no one on the road. I don't know if you guys ever drove from fucking across yep. the country in Canada. I lived there. I lived in Winnipeg for six years. Yo, there's literally nothing, bro. When I was driving across fucking like Saskatchewan and shit, like like uh, there's nothing. You know, I was like, what the fuck? Where am I going? You know? And I was fucking basically sleep driving, right? So I'm dr I'm driving. Like uh, my eyes, I'm like, okay, I'm fine. I close my eyes. I open up. I'm like, I'm fine. And I uh, close my eyes. And when I opened back up, bro, I was in the middle. You know, there's like two lanes and there's like a ditch in the middle. Yeah. I was about to hit the ditch. I'm like, fuck, I just went, boom. I just went, 
Dude, I did like a 7.20 at like 4 in the morning in the middle of nowhere in Saskatchewan. Almost died. And I fucking, it was the most crazy moment of my life. And I called mom. I'm like, mom, I almost died, you know? And then because I had so much adrenaline going, I drove the next fucking 12 hours straight. Really? <laughs> you don't get better. All the way, bro. Like, that's, that's a minor league grind. It's an indie ball grind, you know? But I mean, Winnipeg was great, man. Downtown was awesome. They got us hooked up at the Radisson in downtown. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. There's a bar right in front of it called The Pint. I think it's closed now, but I mean, we used to go there all the fucking time after the game. There was, was the Penuino uh, set up for us. It was great. There was the uh, Penuino Club at one point in Winnipeg. I know, I know if that's the one you're talking about. Dude, because Winnipeg they moved. awesome to go out, bro. That's, the coolest part about Winnipeg was this, right? Because there's Winnipeg, the, the Bombers, right? The, the football team. Yeah. And there's the Winnipeg Jets, obviously the hockey team. And there's Winnipeg Gold Eyes, which is a baseball team, right? Yeah. Now, these two are like actual pro teams that gets paid. We're just some fucking bullshit indie ball team. You know what I'm saying? But because we're the only other professional team, people in Winnipeg thought we we're some shit. You know what I'm saying? So when we go out to like, like you know, bars and shit, they're like open up for us. We had like the whole floor to ourselves. It's crazy. Like the most big league setup I've ever had. Really? So like, even though I was an indie baller making like 400 bucks a fucking paycheck, I was like, this is sick. You know, like people think like you're like a big leaguer, you know, almost. People thought we're playing for the fucking Blue Jays almost, you know what I'm saying? Even though we're making like one hundredth of what they're making, you know. So it was, it was a cool experience, man. That's Actually, we'll go back to what That's I was going to ask because uh, because I totally, man, I, I drifted off when I heard Winnipeg. Best, uh, best independent ball experience for you because you played in a couple of places. By far, yeah. And uh, I played in a couple of uh, different places. Um, and I also travel within the same American Association. That's a whole league. Yeah. But, I mean, Winnipeg was by far the best, man. I mean, fucking, dude, our, our first weekend, opening weekend in Winnipeg, we're averaging 9,000 fans, right? That's If amazing. To my, dude, my minor leagues, like, even in double-A, we were barely hitting that. Like, triple-A was barely hitting that. And, like, low-A, high-A wasn't even close. So, indie ball in fucking Winnipeg, after I got done with playing, like, basically an affiliated I was like seeing more fans and like uh, it was crazy. The stadium was packed and fucking people in Canada. People don't fuck. People sleep on this shit, man. Even Vancouver Canadians. When you go to them games, bro, like the people get fucking crazy. They get rowdy as fuck. Canadians love to fucking drink along with myself, obviously. So just get fucked up, talk shit. It's an amazing experience. And I honestly, man, thoroughly, I enjoy playing for Winnipeg. I still talk to the GM of the Winnipeg. From not all the time, but from time to time, yeah, yeah, yeah. he'll hit me up because he's got a kid or whatever. Like he might come out or whatever. His name's um, at, um, Collier. He's great dude, man. And again, like I got hooked up. It was great time, man. And I can I can't say anything bad about Winnipeg. Hey, Yikes. I got a question for you, man. You're coming from Korea to Canada, and then you played seven years in minor leagues, like not minor leagues, pro baseball. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And then, how? I mean. Could you ever imagine that you're making money doing content on baseball ever? Like, oh, is that no. possible? Because I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy to think. Because me, I'm an old school guy. I've never. I, you know, it takes me forever just to put one post. I have a hard time doing it. Old school guys don't believe that. in it. I can confirm that. I'm working on. I'm working on it, man. Clean that shit up. Let's go. I'm working on it, man. I promise. Yeah. Boomers. No, just kidding. But no, but it's it's amazing just to see that you can make a living doing something you love. Just being yourself. Obvious. Obviously, you got to be a little extra than yourself. But I think doing what you do and making money for doing this content. I mean, there's something to do to tell the kids like the minor leagues. I mean, you're making 400 bucks a month or not even a month, every two weeks or whatever. That's 
pretty impressive. And then what would you tell those kids now, like be yourself and how do you do content the way you do? Cause I have a hard time doing it. So how do yeah. you tell the, how do you tell them that just to do it that way? Cause there's so much money to be made. That's not that no one touches now. I mean, there's so much in place that could be, you could make so much more money in minor league is going to make nothing, make 9,000 a year. Like, what do you tell them? How do you get to this point? Yeah. Like I, right now I make more money probably in, probably like half a year than I've ever made in the, my entire six year career pro ball. It's not even fucking close. But again, I wasn't getting paid that much at the time. Um, like one year in pro ball, I remember uh, my first full season in, in the minor leagues, um, I got suddenly extended, didn't get paid. I played a little bit of rookie ball, whatever I made the entire year, made $3,000 the entire year. That's all I made $3,000. And then in the off season, I worked and giving lessons and shit just to get by. Right. But, but the, the opportunity that I have now is, is incredible. And honestly, when I first started, I think, uh, Max, you asked me that, like, what, what did I think of it? Like, I didn't think of nothing. I literally just did it because I, I just, when I, at the time, I started doing making content about three years ago now, and I was a bar manager. I was running a bar at the time. Really? Yeah, and I, and I got done playing. When I got done playing, I was, a, I was 27 years old, okay? And, okay, let's go back. Let's go back to fucking Korea, okay? Let's go to my yeah, original. Right. Yeah, because you know, I didn't know that playing in the South Korea, Korea was bro. like playing like, you know, like I said it in the intro. I, it, it felt I didn't know it was like it's, it's as hard as playing almost for like you know the, the Russian hockey team back in the seventies. Oh, let, let me tell you, let me tell you what I went through in fucking Korea, bro. It's the most insane shit ever. Now, so I was born in South Korea. I lived there until I was about thirteen or so. Okay, and when I was ten years old, I started playing baseball at like eight. Okay, when I was ten years old, bro, I was practicing about eight to ten hours a day. So over there at the time, especially it's it's way back in the day. Right. So and also Korean culture is very, um, very degaf. Okay, they don't give a fuck. And there's like so over there, what the what the culture was at the time was like coaches are like gods. Okay, they're gods. You're just like down here. Okay, so if you want to succeed, you listen to what the fucking coach makes you to do. So what we did when I was 10 years old, um, we would practice the entire day. We didn't go to school. We didn't go to school. We literally did attendance check in our little or elementary school or whatever the fuck. Really? So, Attendance check. We just went straight to fucking locker room and practiced the entire day. Now, well, that means I'm getting zero knowledge in school, right? Like all the other kids are in fucking school learning about, you know, whatever math, fucking whatever career, like other, you know, classes. I didn't do any of that shit. I literally fucking went baseball, full sand all day. Now, if you did it test your love for the game? Did actually at one point say it became work at an early age? Dude, it became hell in the early age. It was more than just work, bro. I used to get beat the fuck up, man. The coaches, so there's a true story. I've shared this other podcast before too as well. When you take infield outfield, right? You know how it works, Eric. Yeah. Like you, uh, Coach mm -hmm. will hit it to the left fielder. You know, left fielder throws the second base and move on to the center field or whatever. Let's say the left fielder makes a mistake throwing. Coach, I'm, I'm a catcher, so I'm right by the coach, okay? I feed him the balls. Yeah. So he hits a ball, right? The left fielder makes a mistake. He's like, get your fucking ass over here. So the so left fielder runs all the way from left field, like busting his ass, running as hard as possible. Gets to the home plate where I'm at. I'm in front of him. He gets in the push-up position. He grabs a fucking fungo, right? He grabs a fungo and literally beats the fuck out of his, like, like his no butt. No way. Area. Really? <laughs> no, no joke. Like, I literally went through that all my childhood in Korea. That's why I have a lot of this DGAP attitude that I have now. I'm not saying it's good or bad or whatever. That's just what I went through. So I remember, uh, so when I was 10 years old, 
I was taken to go to this baseball. It's a more like a, a academy. You know, it wasn't yeah. like a school thing or whatever. So at like, I'll go to school, do attendance check. I will take the bus for an hour and a half. I'm fucking 10 years old to go to this baseball academy, right? Play baseball the entire day. Okay. And I'm beat the fuck up. Like I was like a chubby catcher. Like I remember the coach chasing me when we're warming up. Our warm up in Korea was third <laughs> last on the fucking baseball field, bro. No joke. And then I'm throwing up. Like I'm fucking just a kid, chubby kid running 30 fucking laps, dude. Like fuck that. You know, and whenever you're running, you gotta be all like in like a, in sync. Everyone has to like say these like words and shit. It's fucking crazy. Uh, but at the same at the same time at the time what they what they went through that was the norm. So for me that was normal shit. So I remember I drove like I told you like I take the bus an hour and a half right to go practice all fucking day, take the hour and a half back. But at the time because I'm so fucking beat up, the coach will beat the fuck out of me so that I couldn't sit down. So because it would hurt to sit down, my my ass would be like wow. fucking like bruised. So I'll be like standing. I'm ten. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm t- it's like holding, just like miserable for an hour and a half. I come home, mom's crying because she just knows exactly what I went through. But that's that's what that's what everyone did, not just me. All the kids that are fucking 40 kids out in the academy at the same time as me, we all went through that shit. And when they're in the middle school after that, it got worse. It's literally like you literally practice every single day, 24-7, and now when you're playing in middle school, your parents are more involved, okay? So my mom had to come, like, cook for the whole team and shit, like, fucking, like, every, like a week at a time or whatever. So it was, like, a fucking set thing for the parents. So my mom couldn't do other work, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, she had to, like, be involved with me, which ended up, like, I have a little brother. Like, my little brother couldn't really get a whole lot of attention. Like, it's just a fucking train wreck, you know? But at the same time, when you were when you were playing baseball at that at that at that era, which was like 2000 or fucking 19 or whatever, whenever I was playing, that's what you fucking went through, you know. And but then nobody I'm, raised the flags. Nobody said nobody's. That that's a norm though. That's that that is the Korean culture at the time. I heard mm-hmm. it's different now. It's better or whatever. But at the time, if the coach is a god, right, he makes all the decisions for you, okay, and your parents basically serve them. And then I'm down That's here weird, basically trying to survive. You know what I'm saying? So, at 10. Again, trying to survive to, to at 10. Day, to this day, the one of the wor- I mean, worst experience I went through, but at the same time, I also learned a lot from it because I learned a lot about this, this D-Gap mindset and all this shit. That's why when I went through all these fucking minor league bullshit when you get don't get paid fuck all, or like JUCO, I went to junior college. Of course, we can talk about it in a little bit, but like that shit was fucking shitty. I went to fucking bumfuck nowhere in Kansas, you know, I, did, I was barely speaking English, and I, I went, I survived that, you know? And, and so I went through a lot of shit, man. But for me, though, all that experience made me who I am now, which is why I'm very de-gaffling in terms of, like, like if I like if I feel like it's bullshit, I'm going to tell you it's fucking bullshit. If you don't like it, fuck, I don't give a fuck, if you, whatever. But I also have a lot of people that like it because I am who I am. So I'm not going to change who I am. But know? I think that's so. the best way to do things in life in general. Don't leave anybody indifferent. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a comedian here in Canada. Tell me you love me. Tell me you hate me. But if you say, if I, somebody asks, hey, so how was this show? And you go, ah, it was okay. That, that to me is the worst critique. That is the worst because, like, I, again, going back to your original question, like, like, what do you say to the kids that want to be content creators and making money and all that stuff? But, like, mm-hmm. be you. And I, and I don't mean that in, like, a light way. Like, for me, I have a lot of people, like, I have a lot of haters, too. I have a lot of people that love me, okay? Also, I've had a lot of people that ask me to change who I am because – 
I am fucking motherfucking people on in front of a camera and my shit's in front of like all, online everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Now I also have a lot of kid followers, right? So their parents or whatever, a lot of them don't like it. Some like it, but don't, some don't like it. They told me to change. If I change, if I stop cussing or whatever, I'll get more fucking followers or they'll follow me or whatever, whatever. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to fucking change because it got me to where I am now. Why the fuck would I change? If I change who I am now, I'm changing my identity. I'd rather fucking die than change my identity. You know what I'm saying? So, And I'm not saying I'm perfect the way I am. I'm not saying that. Um, but it's it just like, if you want to succeed in, in any, you know, like I'm sure, like, again, you guys can attest to this too, in any fucking area you're in. Eric obviously is a successful baseball player, you know, and then I made it the far as I could make it at, at the time of what I had. And also right now, this new YouTube shit I'm doing or whatever, I'm trying to make it. Okay, I still got a long ways to go, but I, I'm doing okay because we all have, like, we all went through shit and we fought through it. And we fucking weep, but we never lost who we were. Does that make sense? Like a lot of people, I think, tend to lose who they are, but the bigger they get or, or whatever, you know, and then fuck that to that, man. I mean, if, if I, if I stop cussing and get more followers, who the fuck cares? That's not who I am. So if you don't like me because I cuss or whatever the fuck else, well, I, fuck you. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I like, I love it. I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing that you can be that confident. Of course you have to go through all the, you know, you talk about, I've, I went to junior college, but I didn't speak English, but same thing. I mean, you gotta, you gotta do the same. I'm trying to do the same thing right now with the podcast. You know, it's, yep. it's, it's hard. It's not easy to be yourself and be true to yourself all the time. Like I, 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 when I played, I tried not to read the paper. Do you read all the negative and the positive posts and everything? Do you read all that? Like, cause oh, I know, no, I, I know you're really close. Good. I like, I like, that's what I was wondering. Cause I mean, it's gotta be hard. It's gotta be hard and for me, to- for me though. Haters. I have a lot of haters too. Right. Because I, I have a little bit of following. I have pretty good social media following it everywhere. Um, so I have like hundreds of thousands of all these following. And of course I'm going to get a hate because people don't like who I am or because I'm succeeding or whatever the fuck. Haters are great because they can make me fucking money. Okay. Like <laughs> awesome. Because you know what? They're going to watch all my shit. And because they hate me so much, they're going to leave a comment or whatever the fuck they do. And all that is engagement, which is going to make me money. So I love the haters. Bring me all the fucking hate. Like, honestly, haters probably make me more money than the people like me. Because, like, haters, like, you know, when, when you hate, like, when people hate you, they're literally all over your shit. You know, they, like, go know. to every single post. They hate you full time, and You're, like, the center of the yeah, universe now. They spend time out of their day to do that. And you know what? That's fucking great. Bring it on, baby. And some of them, like, I make I, I make other content ideas. I get content ideas from that because some of them, they talk shit. I'm going to fucking bring their receipt, and I'm going to fucking search them <laughs> online, get their bullshit, uh, you know, high school stats or whatever. They're all fucking dog shit in baseball. That's why they talk shit. And so I'm going to rip on them. I'm going to get more views because of that. You know what I'm saying? So, again, haters are great. A lot of people are scared to be hated, you know, and especially a lot of uh, people that's going to come to this, uh, like the, the, the influence, like you see a lot of influencers that are like, you know, very like, oh, you're very cautious of what they're doing, you know, like, cause they, they don't want to offend yeah. anyone. If they offend somebody, well, oh, they yeah. do like a whole, like an apology video and shit, man, that's your <laughs> fucking problem because you're fucking scared, man. Don't, don't try to. So biggest thing I've learned so far doing this content is do not try to please everyone. And I know dude, even if you look at guys like Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, they don't do anything bad. They're amazing players. They don't do anything bad off the field. They're fantastic. Even those motherfuckers have haters. 
So if I'm being who I am, I'm going to get fuck a lot of haters. And I'm okay with that because at the same time with those haters, I'm also going to get the people that like me for who I am. And I'm going to respect those people. I'm going to fucking appreciate those people yeah. more than these motherfucking haters. And at the same time, haters make me money. So I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was the best line from the Howard Stern movie. You said actually the stats was... The stat was like people who love, who followed him, listened to him for an hour, and people who hated him listened for an hour and a half, man. And like you said, you know, yeah, like people that great. hate you will haters hate you great. full time. They will exactly. hate everything you what? do. Like, literally, though, like if you think about it, because I have like, even my, I'm pretty vulgar, you know, and this is who I am off the camera, Eric. I'm, I'm sure you can attest to this because I met him off the fucking <laughs> camera or whatever, too. I am this guy, you know, like if you don't like it, fuck you. But because of that, I have a lot of haters. But at the same time, because I have haters, I'm successful. That makes sense. Like, if I didn't have any haters, I wouldn't be this successful. I feel like because I'm 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 I'm, I'm who I am, and people yeah. like me for who I am, not because the way I'm gonna oh I'm gonna cuss less and all that. Of course I'm gonna I'm gonna try to cuss less. I'm a fucking dad now. I got a little baby now. Like, of course I'm gonna try to cuss less. But at the same time, like like if I don't like it, fuck you. I'm gonna tell you who it is. You know. Yeah, but now well, you get... know you—you you oh, of all ahead. people yes. know words are just words. I mean, there's the words are made to explain or you know, express yourself, and I think that's what me learning English at such a late age it takes it's it's hard i mean the first words you learn is you know all the fuck words and this and that and you learn baseball content basically you learn on the field so it's hard so i got do you consider yourself a influencer or do you consider yourself a ambassador of the game um i don't so i don't know if i can consider myself an ambassador for the game but do i feel like i'm growing the game I think so, yeah. and I think I, th I don't think it's bad to have that feeling because a lot of people watch my content that are not related to baseball, right? So some people that watch my content, they I just show up in our, our for you page because my shit's getting bigger and it's getting thrown to a lot of different people that are randos. I love these are my favorite DMs that I get, like they're like 45, 50 years old. They're 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 dumb playing. It's not like they're gonna play or anything like that. I get DMs from those motherfuckers, and they're like, hey. Thanks for bringing me back the, the love for the game. Or they're like, oh, I never really got into baseball before. I'm 50 years old. And I'm, I've been watching baseball because of you. You know, and now they're watching, you know, whether it's MLB games or they have a favorite player now, or they just follow me for who I am and they just follow my journey like that. And I play baseball, right? So I think there's so many ways to be an ambassador for the game, not just one way. Um, you know, like you don't have to work for MLB.com to – be an ambassador for MLB. Does that make sense? Like I, me doing what I do now for with the team we have at the momentum, uh, we are also growing the game in our opinion. You know, if you don't like it, I I, I, I disagree with you. Like uh, we're definitely doing it with the views we're getting. Not even just the views, the fact that we're like we're we're, we're creating questions in the within the game, right? Uh, whether it's like a uh, like our, our, our one of our recent videos was like Babe Ruth video, right? So we made a we went to this bomb bat, we went through a whole thing of make creating this Babe Ruth bat from back in the day. We created that and see if it was actually possible to actually hit a ball to like the his uh, record was like 580 feet or whatever, which obviously is bullshit because there's no way <laughs> Babe Ruth drinking fucking beer and smoking fucking pack of cigarettes gonna hit farther than me because I actually fucking give a fuck, you know. But anyways, that's not the point. But the fact that we can do that and tell a story and 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 and, and do that within the game of baseball, and then we have our audience that can that can appreciate baseball a little more because of us. That is the whole point. You know what I'm saying? But am I an influencer? Absolutely. Cause I got fucking following and I make content every single day. And I take, I don't take that lightly. I'm a, for me, this is my job. Okay. Do I want to make videos every fucking day? 
Probably not. Like, do I enjoy what I'm doing? Absolutely. Is it easy to make videos every fucking day that are like bangers that I try to make? No, but yeah, I'm gonna put the time and effort to do that. You guys probably post on IG too, right? How hard is it to post every fucking day? Yeah, Scott, because the thing is, you have to feel you, it. We're learning from you. <laughs> the Eric Sims school. But it, it's hard. We're it's learning hard from you, buddy. <laughs> but we actually, what well, is hard? What both. is hard is when you actually feel obligated to do it because the the, the, the whole problem with social media is like. You get into this kind of like, I mean, I'm exaggerating if I'm saying paranoid state, but like, oh, I didn't post for two days. Somebody else is doing it. Oh, what's, you know what I mean? The, the, the fear of yeah. missing out, the famous. That, like, that's, a, that's a thing I don't give a fuck about because, uh, and there, you're you're right, because there's a lot of like, even baseball world, baseball space. I follow a lot of the bigger creators and they follow me too, of course. And I, I'm very, I'm, I know exactly what's going on in the baseball content space. And a lot of people tend to like kind of like copy each other, you know, whether it's like a, Whatever, like, I don't know, it's just, it's just everything kind of seemed the same. And that's a, one of the reasons why I jumped into this content space. The reason I first started uh, making content, right? I think I forgot to answer that question. So I was running a bar. I was running a bar. I got done playing, okay? I got done playing for good, okay? I was running a bar. I was working as a bar manager. I did that for two years, okay? I did it for two years. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, whatever the fuck else, pretty actively, and I didn't see anything that I really, truly enjoyed watching. Does that make sense? I didn't, yeah. I, I, I knew I was looking, I'll be watching, but I'm like, dude, I can do better than that. You know what I'm saying? Like I had that thought. I'm like, I, I don't like this. You know, a lot of the baseball content at the time, this was like, again, three, four years ago is like, uh, oh, here's three simple drills to throw hard. I'm sure you, Eric, you've seen a lot of these fucking videos. Like here are two simple things you can do to fix your swing and hit bombs like Mike Trout. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. That's not how training for baseball works, okay? So what I started doing, I started journeying every single day of my training. Now, I played professional baseball for six years. I know how to fucking train. And I, was, I wasn't I was a terrible player. I got drafted for a reason, right? So I'm like, I'm gonna, sh I'm gonna be transparent as possible. I'm going to show you exactly what I do every single fucking day. So what I did was I set a goal of throwing 95 miles an hour. At the, at the time, I was throwing 78, okay, 78. Very, I was out of shape, fucking fat as fuck, gained like 35 pounds, and I didn't do shit. I was, I was working as a bar manager. Like, the, the hours are terrible. I was working till like, 2, 3 in the morning and get up the next day, like, you know, noon and, like, you know, work. You know, it's a, it's a terrible fucking thing. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to dedicate myself to doing this and be as transparent as possible because training isn't fixing one or two things and you all of a sudden you throw fucking 10 miles an hour harder. That's not how fucking training fucking works. You know, whenever you guys work out, do you fucking work out for a week and all of a sudden you're fucking like a fucking Chris Bumstead? No, you fucking work out for years and years and every fucking day, most of the fucking workouts are shitty because they're fucking tough on your body. Well, you fight through that because you're not a bitch, and that's how you get better, right? And and a lot of people didn't get that. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to trans be transparent as possible. So I, did, I, I train every single day, every single day for 151 days straight, which is about like four months or whatever the fuck. It was three or five months or whatever. I journeyed every day, whether it's lifting, or whether it's uh, eating, cooking, or fucking uh, throwing, hitting, all of that. Did everything. I went from throwing 78 miles an hour and I ended up throwing 95 miles an hour. I'll never forget that moment of me throwing 95 and that within that fucking 151 days, giving my all. I did, like I would literally went to work 
and went to fucking train for baseball. You know, that's all it was. My life wasn't, that's what it was. And I documented everything. I fucking filmed everything, shared it, my progress, my process, and people fucking loved it. And that's how my first shit, how it took off, you know? And Man, that's- Hold on a second, you, you, hit, you hit 95 again, and did the phone ring? Someone was gonna give you a tryout when you when you hit 95. <laughs> but that's the thing though, like for me, like it wasn't, it wasn't because I wanted another shot. It was more to show people, hey, there is no fucking quick answers, bro. Like a lot of people nowadays look for these quick yeah. answers, right? Hey, like if you're if you're on a diet, oh, just eat this and you'll be no, that's not how it works. When you're working out, oh, just do this three workouts and you'll get jacked. No, man. No. If you truly want to get better, you need to put in literally everything you fucking have, others outside of like what you can handle. Like my but for obviously I had to work. Working was making money was my number one because I was broke as fuck. And on top of that, outside of that, all it was was training for baseball. Whether again, I put in a lot of hours, man, making meals, fucking eating, fucking even though you don't want to eat, you gotta fucking eat. Those are dude. People have no idea how shitty it is to be eating a meal that you don't want to fucking eat, which is like fucking ground beef, rice, and fucking veggies. It tastes like shit. You put some ketchup on it because it already tastes like shit. You're trying to make it slightly less shittier. It's terrible when you yeah. don't want to eat, but you got to do it. If you're trying to fucking do it, you got to do it. And I did that shit. I want to showcase how monotonous and how shitty the training part actually is if you want to get better. And and I didn't, I didn't want to show it, just show it from baseball. I wanted to be more than that. It was more like how you approach life, right? If you want to get better at something, for right now, even like if you want to get better at content, right? Post fucking videos, right? You know, a lot of kids are like, oh, I want to be a YouTuber like you one day. Okay. Hey, do you have a YouTube channel? No. Okay. Then what the fuck are you doing? Like, get on YouTube and learn. Like, watch all these other successful creators. Doesn't have to be me. Even us and Momentum, myself, like, I watch a lot of bigger YouTubers or whatever, learn a lot from them. There's so much information out there, right? And what they went through. Like, a lot of them went through a lot shitter than what I went through. You know, like, so, and I, and I went through the shit I went through. And that made me who I am. But, like, there's there's not one easy answer to do anything in fucking life. So, stop being a bitch, looking for an easy answer, and just go through the whole thing and be open to it. And fucking don't be a bitch and do it. That's my thing. Man, I hope that's the title that's of your no, book, I'm man. Goddamn, I'm fucking like, goddamn, I'm I love it. No, I love it. Shit, I love it. You're, you know what? The thing is, the reason why people love you, you're relatable. Very simple. You're relatable. You love the game, and you can feel it. And you're, every time you talk about baseball, we talk about it all the time. You know, I face you and everything, and we can talk about that, but it's going to be embarrassing for you. But what, <laughs> hey, you, what I a pre- dick. Hey, pull up, baby. <laughs> I'll fucking pull that footage I, out right now. Until, I, did until I see the footage. Times, you will not pull the footage right now because you don't have any footage. He struck me out like five times. I'm not going to lie. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. But I got one tank, though. Fuck you. Fuck you, Eric. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah, you, but anyway, yeah, hey. Your memory's just blocking it on purpose, man. <laughs> what's, hey, what's the craziest thing we've done for content? Man, I've done a lot of crazy shit, man. I, I again, know, I'm I've pretty deep, so I'm willing to do I've whatever. Seen, I've done, uh, what I've probably hurt me the most in terms of physically yeah, yeah, I've done a lot anything, of crazy stuff. Physically, the worst shit I've done would be I threw a kettlebell. Kettlebell that was like 20, 30 pounds or whatever. It was heavy as fuck. And I threw it as hard as possible. Like, like you know the pull downs, right, Eric? Yeah. You run mm-hmm. and grab this fuck. Usually it's a, with a baseball, which is five pounds, not that heavy. You run and you fucking full sand, right? I did the exact same thing with the kettlebell. And no joke, bro. No joke. I could not wipe my ass for three months. 
I literally could not wipe it because my elbow would hurt so bad. I literally that's could like, not wipe my ass for three months. I got, you know, like when you so get sure, that, get if I there, get this I right, couldn't do it. I you, couldn't do it. So like I had to wipe left-handed. It was terrible moment. I don't want to talk about it. And it was fucking horrible. Are you saying we have a better side than the other to wipe our asses or something? <laughs> do I have to like work in case of an accident on both sides <laughs> once in a while? I should actually know. do. Oh, don't, 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 you don't you forget the right hand. When shit happens. Hell yes. That's hilarious, man. I was going to say, though, because the great thing about what you're doing is like, it, it's, and it, you know, obviously, yeah, it is always the best advice for anybody in life and in general, but, you know, especially on social media. Like, I think being yourself, and I think people now are also, you know, becoming well aware of who's a fake and who's real and stuff. But now that you got all the attention, do you, do you approach the whole social media thing as more of a business? Or do you still keep in that same three simple rules that you had from the beginning? Good thing about what I've done so far, I feel like I've I've um I, I don't have to change. That makes sense. Like yep. some people built their stuff, built their content around being that so that they can't be who they are off the camera. Luckily for me, I was who I was, like I am now back in the fucking day. So if people like watch my shit, they expect this, what you guys are seeing right now. They expect this out of me, so I don't have to change. Now, are there business side to it? Absolutely. Even me working with Momentum, which has been they've been fucking amazing, taking my channel to the next level and all that. And and honestly, like Eric said earlier, like there is a lot of fucking money in there. There's a lot of money in YouTube. There's a lot of opportunities on YouTube. I mean, I'm sponsored by more probably more companies than a lot of you know like pro baseball players right now. Like I'm, no joke. I, for just because I have a social media followers, that makes yeah. sense. And it's a crazy it world that we live in now because if you if you have following or whatever, then it's it's a good way for these companies to reach a huge audience with just like one post. You know what I'm saying? So or, yeah. you know, or to get scholarship or to build your nil and all that stuff. I mean, anything, don't anything. Branding, you can build your fucking your business. Brand. You can just exactly. make money. You can get more deals. You can get more nil deals like these, dude. There's a high school kid named Max Clark down in the States, okay? So he's he's a, he's number one prospect. I, I think he's a top five prospect or whatever in this in this high school right now in baseball. He's got almost like 200, like, he's got almost 300,000 followers on IG. A high school kid, bro. Yeah. So this motherfucker's got more following than, than 95% of the MLB players that you see right now. He's got more fun than all the motherfuckers, bro. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's a There's crazy so world. Money. And guess what? And guess what? That motherfucker, Max Clark, whenever he goes to college or whatever, I mean, he's probably gonna get drafted. But if he does go to college, these companies gonna be all over his ass because he yeah. built his. You better get. Away. He built. And he that's built gonna change. That's fan base that's gonna and change the, 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 the brand, right? And that yep, brand, yeah. these other brands are fucking just like, I want that. Well, that you know, they want to get in there. That's. Good. That's going to force the teams to understand, hey, when you draft a guy like this with four or five, I don't Absolutely. know, let's just say you, you better offer more two, money, 100%. Yeah, and then they're not they're not going to go play a pro ball for $9,000 a year. Fuck they're not no. going to do this. So that's they're going to change dumb. the whole structure. Exactly. Be the like, whole why, structure. Why would already, I go? It's exactly. already changed. Well, it's already changed. It has no, to. You know? I talked to a lot of college kids mm-hmm. that are in the yeah. game right now. They're D1 kids. They're fucking top prospects or whatever. Yep. Dude, there's more money in fucking college baseball than getting drafted. How fucked up is that? But guess what? Kids are going to stay in college now because they don't want to get drafted. Why the fuck would you want to get drafted? If you go to these top prospect, uh, like Vanderbilt or fucking Tennessee, these big schools. Wake Forest, yeah, yeah. Wake Forest, you go there, you can fucking play baseball 
and you can compete, you can be good, and you can get sponsored by these like companies that's gonna pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're in fucking college, bro. Are you shitting yeah. me? Or you can get drafted. Signing bonus is great, or you're gonna get paid like fucking fifteen grand a year. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you fucking want to do that, right? Yeah, so, and unless you're a top five yeah. round pick, you know, you're gonna be yeah. that money's gonna go by real fast too. Exactly. You know, so. now, now the MLB draft, if you get drafted, like you better offer more money now. MLB's got to offer more money because the kids see they're not dumb. They see more money on NIL deals. They're not going to yes. fucking sign pro contract, which they can do still after making the NIL money and still get drafted after. Does that make sense? So and and get a degree great. out of it. I mean, why would I exactly. not stay? Like I mean, stay fucking, also, also college time. experience is fucking amazing. Exactly. I played uh, three years of college baseball. One of the three three of the best years of my life. Compared to fucking six years of Pro Bowl was hell. You know what I'm saying? Like, why the fuck would you want to play in a fucking Augusta, Georgia? No offense. I played there for three fucking years. That place fucking sucked dick. And that place, you got to go to a fucking 14 hours, like, just driving. Well, it's terrible. It is terrible. Or you can go to a nice D1, make your money, play baseball, yeah. get treated nice, beautiful fucking locker rooms. These facilities, man. Be you a star on campus. Bro, there some of these baseball facilities they spend like 20, 30, 40 million and it's insanely nice. So why in the fuck would you want to go play in pro ball that are dog shit facilities getting paid like shit, yeah. you know, and the, and just for that chance you can still get drafted after. You know, that's, why that's would you want to That's why that's why kids need to look at what you're doing and I'm really like I'm not saying do it the way you did it, but really take that blueprint of doing this because you got to start at an early age. You, you know, you're basically going out there branding yourself. Now we used to be a brand inside. We, we are never a brand. You're a brand now. Now we're individual brands, which I yeah. never understood before. The game over brand. I had to ask exactly. permission to get. And my I, logo honestly, like yeah. I was the same way. When I played professional baseball, I never did any of this because like doing social media was like a bad thing. It wasn't, it wasn't there. Oh, I didn't have it. I'll, I didn't never, have I'll never forget it. I'll, I'll never forget it. There's a true story. When I was in the minor leagues, right, I had a roommate, okay? It was, a, it was my second or third year of pro ball, so I'm still pretty new to professional baseball, okay? My roommate had a Twitter account. I didn't know what Twitter was at the time. I didn't even have a Twitter account. My buddy tweeted about, like, some shitty meal that we had, which was, like, PB&J, some dog shit fucking slice of pizza or whatever. He posted it. Like, this is what we're eating, ha, 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 like, as a joke. The fucking front office literally called. I was in the room with them, called them, and be like, hey, take that down. And I'm like, bro, how do they know that they posted that? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do they know that you, you were fucking under surveillance the entire time in Pro Bowl when I was playing? You know, of course, all the kids are a lot more. I, th I don't think it's that bad now, but back in 2010 to 20, whatever, 13, 14. What are you talking about? I, I think know. it's probably even worse nowadays. People are it so fucking scared you know, like, shit of having a bad image. I mean, people have never been so defensive. People are like, because you know, of, Because they could, they, you know, exactly. They, like, for example, I play for the San Francisco Giants, right? How much money do you think they spent on, you know, getting their brand image? Like, Giants are doing this community service and all this bullshit. It could be room like this with some minor leaguer posting some bullshit food he's getting, getting paid like 300 bucks in a couple of weeks, you know, like, yeah. so like they're super, super, like very controlling of that. And I didn't think that was good because the, the reality was, is we're getting dog shit food. It was tor terrible food as a professional athletes, but you know, you want to ask that, the question. You know, like, 
No, because actually the funny thing is like using this show, the next segment is called The Relief. So I'm I'm going to use this as a segue. We're not even going to put up the, the, the transfer thing. because okay, let's do it. No, but it's, 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 we've been sponsored by Baseball Canada and uh, Academy Baseball Canada. Thanks for actually sponsoring us. And you opened the door because I was going to talk about it with, the, with the Eric, but we're going to keep it uh, between the, the three of us. I am so amazed. I mean, this year they raised, you know, the, the, whatever the, the average wage of minor leaguers. Right. How do you not protect your fucking product better? Correct. I mean, I, I, I know making it to the top, making it, whether it's baseball, hockey, football, baseball, yeah, it's a cream of the crop. You know, it's like it, it, it's a jungle. You know, the strongest will survive. But right. what is the interest of having your kids, your players, people you're investing in, starving, struggling for, like, you know, to make, uh, you know, ends meet, well, like, you know, I, eating I, shitty meals and just, you know, get, not giving him the best shot. I just don't. It's your investment. It's, yeah. They see, I think, and I think they're starting to see it now. You're seeing the, 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 you know, the pay go up a little bit. They're starting to pay for the, uh, the, the housing, housing and everything. Housing else. is paid now, and, they, yeah. and it's actually and pretty, you, pretty decent too. A lot of pro guys reach out. Yeah, but do you yeah. realize how long it took before they came to that conclusion? Yeah. Well, trust that's me, social you media. Like, it's very yeah, simple. It's, very simple. It's social media. The only reason why it came to her because it's social media, 100%. and it's like it exposes a lot of uh, a lot of negative things a lot of there's a lot of good positive there's a lot of negative and the way you use it i think it's fair to the power to the players to brand themselves and understand what kind of brand you're going for and that's like that's why i was always to talk to you like do you think as an influencer or as an ambassador i think you're both i really do think you're both i think you're a great example for branding doesn't mean it's positive negative brand i'm not saying that a brand is a brand i think now you have to come to realization this is Eric Gagne, or this is Eric Sims, or this is Max Martin. And these are individuals that have potential to make money on just their individual, which was not there before. They're the vehicle to grow yourself, to grow, but it wasn't available before. So it didn't have to do that. Now I right. think they realize a little bit more, which is going to take a little bit while longer to realize that, hey, put this structure in place for those players to monetize themselves. A guy like Otani shouldn't make 10 to $15 million extra off the field. Like, 100%. no, my own, just on social media advertising, just on that only. Like, and we're not even talking, he's worth, he's worth, he's worth two or three billion dollars. Yeah, this is how crazy. much he's really worth. I mean, this right. is the reality of the yeah. game. And I know people don't want to say I overpaid. Of course, everything, everybody's, when you make over whatever X amount of money, everybody's overpaid. That's not the point. It's how much impact you're creating. And a guy like, a guy like you, you're the best example. Yeah, you're a self-proclaimed, you know, self-proclaimed washed-up catcher, pitcher, two-way, whatever, <laughs> and, you're, and you're making a living. You're making a living out of social media, which is amazing because I wish I could do that like naturally. I'm not natural like that. I'm working on it. I'm trying. That, that's that's something I have to work with him every week, man. Everything every uh, week is hard. therapy with Eric. Every week, you know, <laughs> I did shit. I'm no I know, good. Dude, I know, dude. He's always like that, and then fucking he comes up, throws fucking six by you. I'm like, I fucking hate you so much, you fucking <laughs> fail starter jabroni. But yeah, man, it's, it's crazy though. Um, the minor league shit, man, it's insane. Um, and I was one of the, I'm, I'm not saying I had any impact to it, but I was one of the spokespersons oh, on Twitter talking about this bullshit because for me, the biggest thing was just because it was shitty for me, it should not be shitty for the fucking future generation. And like you said, Maxim, you're totally right. Your farm system, your minor league guys are your fucking future. So why the fuck would you not invest on your fuck? You call it the farm for a reason. Okay, you're you're, you're, farm, you're the you're the farm product, right? Why would you not feed them? Does that makes sense. Like if you yeah. have a farm, you got these cows and all these other animals, right? 
why would you not feed them? You want to feed them so that they, they make you more money later. So that makes sense? Like, yeah. why would you not do that? When I was in the minor leagues, Eric, I'm sure you went through way worse than I did. This is what I went through, okay? When I just got drafted in 2010, okay? I had no idea what to expect. And I just played Division One baseball, and I was getting catered Chipotle at fucking the locker rooms. I show up to the fucking uh, rookie ball, right? And we're getting peanut butter and jelly. Literally, when you show up, you'll get, like, there'll be two loaves of bread with giant jar of peanut butter and jelly. That's all it was. And and you know what the fucking club clubbies did? Clubbies are the ones that work for the clubhouses, right? These motherfuckers sold, they bought, like, pizzas, uh, pizzas from, like, Pizza Hut or these Domino's cheap ones. Cheap fucking pizzas, right? And they sold it to us so they could make more fucking No way. Money. No fucking way. Bro, it was, I will never forget it. It was $2 for a slice of pizza and dollar for a muffin. And muffin was bigger than the slice of pizza. So what I did, because I was broke as fuck, and I was a 27th round pick, so I didn't, I only signed for 15000 15000 after taxes, it becomes 12000 And 12000 is not that much money, because nope. I, I was not dumb. Like, I cannot blow all this money. A lot of people get drafted. They buy a fucking nice car, nice fucking whatever for their parents or whatever. I couldn't fucking afford that, okay? So what I did, 12000 I put that shit in the bank, okay? And I was like, okay, I need to survive next how many years I played in the minor leagues with this shit. And it only lasted about two or three years, even though I worked every fucking offseason giving lessons and making fucking end, literally ends me. Now, I'm in here, just got drafted, getting paid four or 500 bucks of a paycheck and getting these motherfucking, and I had to pay $2 a fucking for a pizza slice, I couldn't afford that, so I'm gonna pay a dollar for or two dollars for two muffins. I might eat one muffin before the game and eat the other muffin after the motherfucking game. That's what I went through. Yeah. Okay, that's what I went through, and I had the PB and J for free, so I will make two or three of them after the game, and I'll stash them so I can take it in a van. We didn't have a bus, so we're getting uh, sent to the hotel rooms from the van, and I'll have like in a fucking little piece of shit, fucking styrofoam little plate. Stack them up, fucking roll it up, and a, and a fucking like that's what I did, bro. Yeah, and and you were the only one too. A lot you... worse than what I did, bro. It's crazy shit. And 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 honestly, man, it was so bad that I I had to talk about it because just because it was shit for me should not be shit for the future generations. So, and you know what I love about that? And and I'm surprised. And I'm sorry, maybe to knock on uh, my but, good friend Eric too. But uh, what surprised me it's how long it took. Also, like you know, the the players. Then you know the the the, 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 the players but, but are so scared. Though, right? You can't talk shit, bro. Like even when I played, right? If I came out saying, "Hey, I hate minor leagues," you're gonna get cut. No, but the guys up there, but the guys up there, the guys who made it, the guys like you know the big names of the game, like you know we just talked about like, Eric they was a big name, but Otani. Like, you know, they're, they're finally they're finally part of the union now, which is amazing. Right. Now that's just gonna be a huge step in that direction. But before think, minor league wasn't part of the union, so big know, league guys, yeah. they couldn't even get involved in this shit, even though they wanted. That's my to. point. But I come, it took you know? so long for even the players, the players association, to go. Hey, we but gotta be, take care of the young kids. Because we used to be league, those. Right, but minor league wasn't part of the association, so that's a whole fucked up process that we lived in because the whole thing was so fucking skewed. These minor leaguers are struggling. Now, I'm not saying everyone struggled because some of these motherfuckers got drafted first round, second round, you know, getting paid millions Bonus of dollars. Babies. Yeah, that, that's great. I'm happy for you. I wasn't one of them. I got paid fucking $12,000, and I fucking literally went through that shit in three years. Bro, I worked every offseason. One of the worst offseasons I've had... I had to work as a full-time bartender slash giving lessons slash 
become a professional fucking baseball player as a train like him. So I'll literally get up. I'll remember. I'll, this is no joke. I can share um, what I went through. I remember Friday night or Friday in the morning. I'll get up at 530 in the morning. Okay. Go train. I'll lick. I'll get my lift done right away because I didn't have time. I'll get my lift done for two hours. Okay. 730. Boom. Go home, shower, make food for the entire day. Okay. Which will take me in an hour. Okay. And from then on, I'll go to the baseball Academy in Canada. I'll give lessons the entire day, the entire day from fucking, I don't know, fucking usually start at like nine in the morning. The high school academies. Right. So they start yeah. at nine in the morning and they get done. Like, I don't know, two, 3 PM. Okay. And then after that, I'll give extra lessons for like these little kids or whatever, you know, that are like younger, you know, uh, they're like, they're like another thing. Okay. They're not high school, but like they're a little bit younger, like 10, 12 years old, a lot younger. And I'll give the like, private lessons on that. Okay. I'll do that until 7 PM. Okay. And then I'll fucking work my motherfucking bar shift after until the bar fucking closed, bro. Like it was the most absurd shit I went through, you know, while eating my, sh- my shitty ground beef and rice, you know, like that. that I with ketchup. Fucking, Don't with forget ketchup, the ketchup. With ketchup. I mean, ketchup's great. I love ketchup. Ketchup. If you're watching this sponsor me, motherfucker, you know, but it's crazy shit, bro. Like I went through the entire day doing Hines. shit like that and that was every single day that wasn't like just that was every day and just full sand and honestly at the time that was what i had to do and i didn't even like i didn't even i didn't even have the luxury of coming up with an excuse i'm sure eric you can attest to this too when you're in the minor leagues i'm sure it was a lot worse than what i went through because my shit was probably better than your shit you know what i'm saying like it was like it was way worse back in the day and it's like slowly got better and like at my point it was still shitty and then now it's like definitely a little better but it's just like the whole process i went through the but the fact that i went through that i went through six years of that okay and i never made through the big leagues i've never been on 40 man i never got paid the fact that I went through that was probably the biggest blessing for me for what I'm doing now because I am so much better, you know, like because I went through all the bullshit and now I know how to tolerate bullshit and, and everything that I do now is luxury. You know what I'm saying? Like now, nah, dude, bro, I make a fuck, I make a good living now. I have a beautiful family. I bought a house. I live in a fucking house now. I got a fucking pool in the backyard. Like this is a fucking luxury, bro. I was eating fucking PB and J's, you know, like yeah. making four hundred bucks a paycheck and dollar like, muffins. Luxury, you know, but the fact that I went through that bullshit and that made me stronger than who I am now. And and when I first, of course, when I started making content, it wasn't easy. Nothing's easy. Like fucking, like nothing's gonna be handed to you. But I fucking found a way, and of course, met the great people that I work with now, and that made that turned another leaf for me and where I'm in now. And honestly. Five years from now, I'm going to be in a hell of a lot better position because I went through all the bullshit and I know how to work through the bullshit. And I'm going to work through the bullshit because I don't give a fuck and I'm going to be successful in five, 10 years. You know, I know that because I'm continuing what I'm doing. I enjoy what I'm doing. And I know what I'm doing, you know? And, yeah. the, and the beauty the beauty of social media is the kids are going to learn from what you've done and what we've lived through on all those fucking peanut, peanut butter and jelly sandwich or 100%. the empty or the empty soup we had at the bottom or whatever, yep. or live in cars or whatever, turn the air conditioning off because you couldn't turn it on. Like all the gas, all this stuff that we went Hell through. Yes. It, it does build character, but we are professional players. I mean, that's what people yep. forget. We are prof- we're the best of the best of the best in the world. And yeah, I got drafted. I got money. drafted to be broke. What the fuck is that about? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why the fuck 
I was one of the yeah. best players in the country to get drafted to be broke. Right. Well, what the fuck is that about? You know, yeah, I, I was, I was, I used to get credit cards in the off season. I would get apply for a five thousand dollar credit card, work for my ex wife as a security agent for twelve hour shift, and then try to go work out, and then mm -hmm. make sure I didn't spend too much money. Live at my ex wife's parents' house. Yep. Eat their food and hopefully, like, I hopefully I could make the double A. So I would make a little fake, fake, you exactly. know, is this oh, becoming you know, like one of those sad story competition because this is getting fucking sadder and sadder? Hey, Mom, it, you don't like cool. it, go through fucking minor leagues yourself. Bitch. Hey, I would have given everything to go to minor leagues, man. I would have fucking given everything, spent a week, man. You know, I, I would have fucking paid those fucking dollar muffins just to look and just be blessed. I'm sure that it's that the same way. Know. I'm sure it's the same way on there on what you do as a stand up comedian. I'm sure it's just not that easy. I I mean, you got to go out there getting, you know, getting bombed and stuff like you're going to small places. It's the same thing. Yeah, man. I mean, and, and, we're and, and we're, we're bashing shows it. also. Yeah, exactly. You never know. And it, it's hard. It's not easy. I mean, we're not bashing it. We're just telling the reality. Yeah, it's just of what funny it was. because everybody's just like, yeah. you know, cranking it up. Right, man. Right, right, right. We're, we're actually yeah. we're bashing you know, it. Everything, everything you do. Right. If you want to make a living, if you want to be successful, anything you do in fucking life, nothing's fucking easy, you know, and, and the, but but a lot of people now. The reason I'm so transparent of what I do, and I don't give a, whether you like me or not, this is who I am. I'm not gonna change because life isn't fucking easy. No one's gonna fucking have shit for you. Even when I first started as a, when I first moved, I went through a lot of adversity myself. I'm sure a lot of people went through their adversities themselves. Me moving from South Korea to Canada, not knowing any English. That was one of the worst shit I've ever went through because I'll be in a class in high school and I didn't know what the fuck anyone's talking about. So I'll just put on a fucking fake smile. I know what the fuck's going on. I'll just smile and get by. And then I'll go home and study. I took uh, ESL classes, English second language classes, just to figure out what the fuck they're talking about, which, like, obviously I was really, really off. Now I'm fluent in English, which I'm, I'm, I'm very appreciative of. But all the hard situation I've been through made me stronger. I went from uh, going from Korea to Canada, and all of a sudden uh, I'm going to fucking Kansas? Like, what the fuck is Kansas, bro? I didn't know what the fuck Kansas was. That's the only school that offered me out of Canada. Of course, uh, Eric, I'm sure you know, if you're from Canada, it's very hard to get looked at um, as a baseball player because obviously baseball in Canada, of course, it's yeah. bigger now. But at the time, it was a lot smaller than obviously baseball in the States. There's a lot more opportunities down here, and I didn't have any of this luxury in Canada. So I was trying to go down south. I could not get one school to fucking call me. I didn't get zero offers, nothing. The only one school that offered me, I, I, I signed, I think, uh, May or June of my senior year. Like, that is so late, bro. These kids now, they sign, like, in their sophomore years. They're, they're, they're like, grade 10. Yeah, which is also ridiculous sign. when you think yeah, about it. But, they're, like, grade yeah. 8s now they're signing. I signed my senior year, like, as a grade 12, and it was my last month of the fucking season. And all of a sudden, this Juco out of fucking nowhere in Kansas, their catcher just dropped off out of nowhere, so they needed a catcher. Their assistant coach fucking drove from Kansas, which is like another 40 hours. He drove up to see me, offered me right away, full ride. I took that fucking, that second right there. I'm like, I'm down. Let's go. And I went to Kansas. I went to fucking bumfuck nowhere in Kansas. Do you guys know where Kobe, Kansas is? Nope. Probably not for a fucking reason, because that place fucking terrible and tiny it's got five thousand people max and it was fucking horrible because it was so horrible i could focus on baseball does that make sense mm -hmm. that made me a better player after the sophomore showcase in two years in juco i got offered over 60 uh scholarships from four-year schools i went from a nobody in high school in canada to 60 fucking plus offers from all these schools and i chose uh university of South florida which is a good division one school yeah. at the time 
I went there, still going to Pro Bowl was not like a reality to me. And then I went there, fall the fuck on the fall ball. Okay. And all of a sudden, I'm signing these questionnaires and letters from MLB teams. That's one of the coolest experiences I've ever had, man. I remember my first fall league game or whatever. Like I came back in my locker, there was a letter from like the Rays or whatever. It's like, I'll never forget that because it's like going professional baseball wasn't even. Like, I just wanted to play baseball as long as possible, okay, with what I had. Okay, I was a catcher from Korea, now Canadian, and all of a sudden now I'm in the fucking States. I'm trying to survive, all right? Yeah. I'm a mud. I'm a fucking mud trying to fucking survive in this world of baseball, okay? And it's just like, it was crazy, man. It was crazy to even be a, a considerate to be, like, with a, a, like a, a professional base. Every baseball player wants to be a big leaguer, right? Like, that's your dream to play for MLB team. You know, of course, like, Eric was, like, a legend enough to, like, actually do that. But for me, that, that was every, that's every kid's dream. And the, the dream is finally becoming a reality, right? I'm like, holy shit, what is going on? And that fall ball, I balled the fuck out. I had, like, fall ball in D1 is kind of a big deal. Like, I didn't know that until I played there. Like, fall ball, you have, like, scouts watching you and shit. It's crazy. And then I balled the, I had like 400 in fall ball, like seven jacks, which is like, I led the team in the, in the homers and everything. And I, I was a really good defensive catcher. I threw a lot of guys. I signed for 20, like the questionnaires or whatever. If the team's interested in you, they'll give you a questionnaire. Okay. And then I'll sign for 25 teams out of 30 teams. I'm like, holy fuck, this is crazy. You know, like my, I went from nobody in high school in bumfuck nowhere in Canada, went to bumfuck nowhere in Chico in Kansas for two years. And all of a sudden, I'm going to get drafted. Like, what the fuck, you know? And I ended up getting drafted by the Giants and played six years of minor leagues. And it was all it was all great and terrible at the same time because it was so shitty. But because the, the fact that I met with all the people that I played with, the friends I played with, some of them I still talk to this day. You know, even at USF, uh, my buddy Sam, like, I just talked to him, like, the other day. You know, like, the friendship that you make and the the the, the relationships that you, like, you, you make from professional baseball or college baseball and all this. Fantastic, bro. And the fact yeah, that I was struggling. All the struggles through. Exactly. When you go through the struggle, but in the minor leagues, one of my best friends is still, like, my buddy that never made it. Me and him never made it. We never really broke out of, like, low way like we're dog shit you know we're, we were terrible in professional baseball but we're still like one of best friends because like we went through the shit together exactly you know, you know like army buddies exactly and now you're you know and now you're king of juco right? or juco bended now my buddies like text me all the time like i fucking hate you i hate because a lot of my friends are coaches now you know like they're coaching like high school teams and shit all their kids like follow me he's like I fucking hate you so much. No kidding. You're trying to say, you know what? I think you should be doing this way. No, but Eric Sims says I should be doing this way. So right, right, right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I played with that motherfucker. That kid sucked. You know, like, it's just crazy. But again, man, like baseball is beautiful because of, I'm sure Eric, you got a way more stories than I do. It's just like the whole, you go through the grind, right? It's a literal grind. I went through a lot of shit in my life, going from Korea to Canada, not knowing English, went through high school there without speaking any English, learning. And then I, dude, I've literally played high school baseball in Canada just with sign language. Like, and I was a catcher too. Like, I have no idea what a fastball, curveball, slider is. All I, the only words I knew was yes and no and high and bye. And I thought bye was spelled like B-I-E or some shit. I was like, <laughs> I had no idea how you spell that. You know, I just went through that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but the fact that I went through that, and all the JUCOs and fucking, you know, D1 to professional baseball to do what I'm now. 
I think the reason I am seeing success now is because I went through so much in my life. Like nothing can phase me no more, bro. Like, like, you know, like, like I went I through it, my shit, man. Like I'm good. I'll be good for, for a long time. And if people don't like me because of who I am, I don't give a fuck. I went through way worse shit before. None of you fucking matter to me. You know what I'm saying? And also the people that love me, I fucking appreciate that because I went through the bullshit. I really appreciate the, the people that stick by my side. You know what I'm saying? So. Man, Eric, man, thank you so much for fucking your time. I'm, for your fucking time, I'm going to say. For your motherfucking time. Thanks for spending so Hell much yeah. time with us, man. I love it. No, but this is, man, this, you guys know each other. As far as I'm concerned, man, love at first sight. We're going to have you again, man. And your story mm-hmm. is just amazing and great. And thanks for sharing in so much details and just uh, these discussions. Next time we'll talk real baseball facts. But uh, thanks for being with us tonight. And uh, hey, Just don't forget I hit a tank of Eric Gane. If you don't like it, go follow my fucking IG. I have a video on there. Make sure you go fucking like it. Leave a comment, motherfuckers. <laughs> That's the best ending ever. Thanks, Eric, man. We'll see you soon. Thanks for having me on, boys. Thanks, thanks bro. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, man, it's time for the uh, last segment because, I mean, we did talk about the relief, which, uh, like, uh, I'll say it again, is uh, sponsored by uh, La BC, Academy Baseball Canada, and Baseball Canada. I think the way you guys describe minor leagues kind of really pretty much centered. Oh, man, I was like, I knew, I've always heard how tough it was, but, I mean, this... It's 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 not easy. No, it's not easy, but it's 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 the truth, and it's you know a lot of people won't like it to hear that, or you know it's it's crazy. There's a lot. It's changed a lot. It's not let's not be all negative about it. There's a lot of there's a lot of good things that happen out of this. I mean, it's you were talking about back in the day, even three years ago, that was totally different. Now they got housing, they got a lot more money. I mean, it's a lot more livable. Which is thank thank God it is because it was hard. It was really hard. It was really really tough because you're basically mortgaging your whole life for a dream. Yeah. And I think you know with a five percent I mean, chance of making it. Five and no, I think it's way less than that. But yeah, I mean it's it's a lot. It's a lot of sacrifices, yeah. and I think that's why guys like him that make it other than just playing on the field is very 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 cool to watch. It's very inspiring for other guys for the young kids for the young kids that watch yeah. him. Like no, don't say that. Don't always talk like this. But that's him. Be yourself. Well, once and again, you know, man. Look, I made a living saying the word fuck. So you know, I mean, that's good for everybody. Maybe he I made a know, lot but... of money today for Santa Stash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. He made a lot of money for Santa Stash, and you know, I'm. It, 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 I think. I told the story in French, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. Uh, but um, I remember I went to see I went to see Maxim Saint Pierre, who was catching for the Detroit Tigers. Yes. Uh, he played 11 years in the minor leagues. Man, talk about like being persistent and just you know keep dreaming and just he actually ended up he ended his career. I think the last year he spent uh, it was a step, September call up. And he got the hit, and he got like the reward, and then he retired. But I remember yep. the night I was there, we went to a party between like a, it was it was like a players' party, mm-hmm. and the house he was held at, there was a first round pick with like this huge truck that must have cost like I don't know two hundred grand. Beside a guy who was like like a, at the time a forty second draft pick because back then it was like still fifty rounds. We had like a Datsun, who was from Minnesota, and you go, man, you know you've been confronted to the reality that you're not in the same social. Uh, same social yeah. range, you know, and then again, you have to go on the field and be teammates and find a way to play together and and make it happen. Man, I mean, it's half romantic, half sad, half you know what life is all about. That's three halves. I know I counted them, but you know what I mean. So yeah, <laughs> but it's 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 part of life, and and then what makes you stronger? And I think Eric just put it best uh, the way he described it. 
It's great. He's a great, he's a great character. Great character. Yeah. Like, he's a great guy for baseball. I mean, there's a lot of things that baseball might not want to talk about, but is this a reality? And I think, I think what he does, he talks about it. He's himself. He's a great promoter of the game. Yep. Talk about growth of the game. He grows the game. He is. I mean, I, I can't grow the game the way he did. I, I, I played baseball. I got Cy Young. I got three all-stars. I've done a lot of things on the field. All right, stop and I can't even, I can't even <laughs> touch the way. Oh, that's what. Right there. There. I know every time we talk, <laughs> you showed it to me every time we talk. Anyway, go on. Sorry. <laughs> but I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what's so cool about what's going on right now. As much as like us old school guys that don't believe in social media or whatever, we were not raised into this. There's opportunities out there. There's opportunities to grow the game that way, which is, you know, from the, the league angle, from the team angle, from the individual yeah. angle. There's ways to monetize and grow the game in a different way that's never been done before, which is a great time. I mean, it's of course there's going to be adjustments. We're in the crossroad where okay, you got to pay your players. There's these are assets; they're not expenses. And I think it's kind of cool to see that a guy that loves the game that much can still monetize and make money get, doing baseball stuff. And I think that's amazing. That, that's that's what it's all about. And it's great to see like he dreams big. He just goes out there. He, he's he's himself. You know, he might offend some people, but he's making money out of I it. I think he might really offend cool. some people. I'm not sure, but I think he <laughs> might rub some people Maybe. off the wrong way. But, you know, like we said it earlier, and I, and, I, and I said the same thing in my business. You know, hate me, love me, but don't tell me what I'm, what I'm doing is just all right. That's the worst. If you want to insult me, yeah. just doing, huh? But uh, anyway. Hey, it's time for uh, the last segment called The Closer. Here we go. Game over. Actually, this is the uh, the last segment is supposed to be a hot topic uh, subject, but uh, I think uh, between Eric and uh, the two Eric's I'd spend the evening with, and uh, I think we pretty much covered like you know the, the juicy stuff, the the toughest things to talk about, and the reality of the sport and the, the of the minor league. And uh, how about you know it says the closer because we're going to talk about it. Uh, we're going to talk about it in the intro. And uh, we didn't get around to it because, you know, we just always seem to have, like, you know, more to say than actually. We, we write down three notes and we do, like, 12 minutes with them. Yeah. No so, matter what kind of plans we got, we never stick to it. All those notes, no, we got, like, nothing. No. Nothing. That's All a good that sign. I told work. you, man. That's a good sign. Every time, like, you know, we hang up from the from the Pretty podcast much. and then you call me and you're crying because you don't think you did I well. Stress, like, I, st I stress every time about what are we going to talk about? How are we going to structure this? And then, and then we'll nothing fine, goes man. as planned. But, so. you know, I'm just going let, to – let's. how about we end uh, this time on – on a high note, some of your buddies, uh, something you know pretty uh, – a, a bit of well, – you did quite a bit about that too. Uh, Kenley Jensen finally getting to 400 yeah. saves with uh, with that weird pause of his of like, you know, just uh, <laughs> some mad hawk on the mound yeah. and just uh, – Kenley. You know, Kenley's my boy. I'll Kenley's give him that boy. much, I mean, but to still be, you know, being able to bend his back like that at 36 while he's been doing it for the last 20 years, I'm not saying he's an old man, but, I mean, you know what I mean? So, But you had a funny oh, story. You had a, we were talking yesterday on the phone, and you said – you started telling me a story about you and and and, 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 and um, Kenley. Kimbrell. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, sorry. And uh, was it Jensen or Kimbrell, the one that you uh, – Tipper? Tipper was Kimbrell. Okay. But you had a story about like changing, not their motion or saying something to them, or am I like, am I, yeah, am I presenting I, this wrong? No, yeah, you are, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> of course. So then I'll call anyway. you so much I sucked, and then you can say no, I love you, dude, and just. Uh... <laughs> You're only on with this one. No, but uh, <laughs> no, but I think you know. So when uh, 
Let's get Craig Kimbrough when he was with the Red Sox. He yeah. was tipping a little bit. So basically, when I watch games, like it's you know what he was doing, he was actually doing something with his beard because he had a long beard. And he was coming up set a certain way, and if it was higher or lower, it was either a curveball or a fastball. Really? He was doing that every time. Yeah. And remember, I spent eight innings in my in the bullpen. Watch not in the bullpen, watching TV for seven innings and an eighth inning and went the bullpen. So I was watching guys like that. So this is, this is one of the, you know, you, everybody talks about sign stealing, but there's a lot of tipping going on. And sometimes. Which is part of the game, of guys, too. If I can course, pick yeah. off what you're thinking, what you're saying, what you're going to do, what you're going to yeah. throw me, I'll do it. If I. Yeah, if I pick up patterns and it's your fault, just stop doing those patterns. That's very simple. It's the same thing with signs. Like, don't do that. And I think what happened is I just called the guy, a friend of mine that was actually on the Red Sox, and me not thinking about it just because I'm like, hey, he's tipping. I sent him a text. He goes, okay, what does he do? I told him what he was doing. And then, of course, they played against the Dodgers, and he fixed it before they played against the Dodgers, and they beat the Dodgers and won the World Series. So. That was my Craig Kimball story. That's, that's somewhat of a coming out of like, you know, are you confessing to something? Do you, do you, you, you lost the Dodger at the World I Series? Yeah. I feel bad. I don't, I don't think I cost them in World Series, but I feel bad. I really do. Man, I don't know. I but the way... And that's just... <laughs> But you I know, feel bad you know what, what I love is not I, I can sense from here from across the screen that you feel better. It's it's, it's you, you got this off it's your off chest. It's off my shoulder now. It's off my exactly. shoulder. Exactly. So like okay, now I'm good. <laughs> All right, so but I now, can't yeah, wait. But it's cool. I can't wait. But just after just have those two guys get full, 400 saves, you got uh, you got Trevor Hoffman, you got Mariano Rivera, you got Kimbrell, and you got Kenley Jensen, 400. Congratulations, guys. These are the they're Hall of Famers, automatic Hall of Famers, 400 to get you there. Oh, no kidding. And uh, I think so. I mean, you got a guy like Lee Smith, guys like this, I did it for a long time, but a guy like Kimbrell that, you know, there are people are going to say up and down the last couple of years, but he's a Hall of Famer. Kenley Jensen reinvented himself again. He's throwing 97, 98 mile an hour, which he wasn't doing. He hasn't done in two, three years. Amazing. He's going to get another probably 100, 125. Yeah. So he's get, maybe get to 600. It'd be amazing. But these guys are Hall of Famer. Congratulations to these guys. Great guys. Amazing closers, which, you know, I thought I was a pretty decent one. These guys have been doing it for nah, 10, let's just years. say that you were decent. Yeah. For three years. They've been doing yeah, it for 10, yeah. 12, 13 years. It's pretty amazing. You were so. decent for, uh, I, lo- I, lo- I, I love the humility of it. And then just, uh, but actually, you know what? I, I, we're going to keep that subject for like, uh, maybe not next time, but we're going to talk about, because I think from, you know, because, you know, you play the game and I play fantasy ball. That's as close to the game as I'm going to get. And every year, the, the, the where you have to play the most with your lineup is with your closers or, or your relief in general. I don't know what's going on with that position, but the it could injuries. Of course, injuries plays a lot of it. But the guys were like, you know, or a Masters one year. Like we talked about, you know, starters losing the play. But I mean, the turnover on the closer position from year to year. Okay, <laughs> all right. Okay, all right. That's it for uh, this uh, the this edition of the podcast. Because I'm gonna. Do you want to say the words, or do you want to keep to the sticking to this t-shirt failed starter? On these no, words, we're going to say, "Game funny. over." Exactly. This Game is, over. We, we have to work out this ending. This is too fucking tacky. I know. Tacky. We got to work is, on I it. Know. We work on everything, but like, the, like yeah. The, well, it was it was uh, Louis Philippe's suggestion. I think it's out, man. I think it, it's okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Exactly. That's not no, out. we'll no, work no. on it. We're working. No, we'll get no, better. it's fucking tacky. We'll have people decide on it. And uh, <laughs> once again, for those watching it uh, and say welcome to French guys do a podcast in English is because one, we do one also in French and two, because we can fucking speak English. So why not use it? Oh, I got that off my chest. So, uh, Hey, have a good night, folks. Thanks for being there. And, uh, this is only the beginning, lots of fun. Thanks, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again next time. Thanks, Matt.
Des mots ouvreux 